This is the house call. Welcome to the house call podcast. We're back. We're back. Another episode. We're back. So let's get it going. First things first. As of today, at 10:40 this morning, the Raiders have traded uh, for Patriots tackle Justin Haran. Now let's get to something interesting. Uh, Mike Evans has been suspended for one game with his altercation with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Joe, what are your thoughts about what happened? I mean, honestly, there was some jawing going on. Uh, I believe Mike Evans wasn't in for the play, and the main reason he got suspended was because he ran onto the sideline, off the sideline to join the altercation Mm -hmm. and uh, hit Marshawn Lattimore. I thought Marshawn Lattimore was being rather aggressive with uh, Laren Fournette and was doing shots to the head there as well. I thought Lattimore would get a suspension. It doesn't look like he's going to. Um, And that move ultimately led to Cole Beasley possibly being on the the game day roster this weekend. I don't understand the Cole Beasley signing for that, honestly, because he's essentially a older, slower Scotty Miller. That's yeah. just my opinion. But they, is Godwin playing? Do, have uh, we had? So, so that's where I think that's they they have the two big keys of their wide receiver core gone. That's their mm-hmm. option, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's just that injury report. I think we hit it on the house call bets, Jill, with uh, all the injuries to the Saints and to the Bucks for this weekend's game or past weekend's game, and now the Bucks are looking at you know one of the guys who was on the injury report that played a decent role in that game isn't going to be available due to a rather boneheaded mistake so yeah tom your thoughts man yeah so today's injury report like you're talking about it had chris godwin and julio jones did not participate not even limited participation did not participate so yeah the buccaneers even though they've kind of scraped out a couple wins that offense is not clicking right now no you cannot afford like you just got to be smarter. Mike Evans made a big mistake, and man, they're 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 thin at wide receiver, which is a crazy thing to say about the Bucks, who, you know, going into the season with all the all the talent they have at that position. Yeah, you're, they're also thin at running back now because uh, after that game, Leonard Fournette came out and said he played pretty much the entire game on one leg. So they're looking at uh, using utilizing backup running backs now without Mike Evans, possibly without Chris Godwin, possibly without Julio Jones, and a. Cole Beasley, who knows, probably 10% of the offense by the time he actually is able to play. So they're in a really bad spot going into this weekend. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, I also, I mean, me personally looking at it, and it's been the talks of everyone, Brady is not right. And obviously it's something I would 100% attribute it to stuff that's going on at home. And I think because he is such a leader of that team and especially that offense, that is why there's been in week one and week two, that was not that Tampa Bay offense. That was not the Tampa Bay Super Bowl winning offense we've seen. So obviously something is very up just all together collectively with that group. Now, to look here at um, a former player, LaShawn McCoy made some comments about uh, Bill Belichick in a really passionate rant. He, to make a long story short, he really slammed Bill Belichick and said, it's done so i have to ask you guys out of what we've seen from the patriots this season do you really feel like it's quote unquote done for belichick or is there still a chance we can kind of get back to the norm in new england jill i'll let you take it away on this one so funny enough i actually wrote a bunch of notes on this uh i'm just gonna kind of get right down to the bit of it 
That is a salty comment coming from LaShawn McCoy, who played for the Bills in an era where the Patriots were extremely dominant and were very dominant over his team. Now, the looking at this, Belichick is not done because Belichick is the reason why Brady is Brady because no teams were really looking at him and he, no other team would have given him the opportunity to do what he has amassed in the last 23 years of his career. Now, I get it. LaShawn also won a Super Bowl with Brady, so he has some bias of being with his that former teammate. But the very real reality of it is for 23 years or 20 years, I forget, 20 years, Belichick had an offense that he built around Brady and kept a defense for obviously defensive purposes. He now has a new quarterback and it is recreating and building a complete new offense. So I'm not in any aspect thinking that Belichick is done. I think it's just an absolute construction period for him. Most definitely. I can see that. Tom? Yeah, 322 wins, 157 losses, and a .672 win percentage with six Super Bowl wins. So... I don't want to hear that he's just a good coach and that he's not a great coach. We can argue about who the greatest NFL coach of all time is. I'll hear that argument, but I won't hear that argument unless Bill Belichick is one of the candidates that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And interesting fact, I saw this last week and it blew my mind. The last time the Browns went 2-0 to start the season, who do you think their coach was? Belichick. Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> so he has had, and, and not to mention his time with the Giants before he was a head coach. So this guy's been in the NFL for, what, coming up on 50 years? So, uh, no. He I, was I, with the Baltimore Colts way back in the day, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's not even, I don't know where LaShawn McCoy is coming from, but so often you see this one loss, one loss to start the season, and all of a sudden, the great Bill Belichick is done. I mean, we heard this in 2014, <laughs> you know? Most definitely. Joe? I mean, okay, so I, I'm coming from a, a place of watching Patriots football since like 1996, right? I've been a Patriots fan for the better part of almost three decades now. And I can honestly say that it's it doesn't make any sense to me that people would say this stuff, right? Like, how are you going to compare that or what's going on right now and say he's not the greatest coach. I mean, Bart Scott, same thing. Well, Sean McCoy, same thing. These are, like Jill said, these are guys who played on teams who got dominated yearly by Bill Belichick, all right? And you know, there's an old saying in football, offense wins you games, defense wins you championships, all right? That's why Aaron Rodgers has, like, what, one ring? Mm -hmm. That's why uh, Brett Favre has one ring. That's why Peyton Manning had to go to Denver that had an, an elite number one defense to win his second ring. And he had an elite defense on the other end of the side of the football when he won in, in Indy. Like, uh-huh. they, like that's what happens. That's what you need. You need defense. And when it comes to a defensive mind, we've all heard Bill Belichick is the best defensive mind in football. Uh-huh. There is, I mean, Lawrence Taylor, the best linebacker in football oh. ever, came out and said, Bill Belichick is the best defensive mind ever in football. He's number three all-time in total wins with playoffs and regular season. He's number three all-time in wins, just regular season wins. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know what? That defense right now, I think they're ranked fifth in uh, points given up per game, and I think they're in the top ten in yards right now. And the offense is figuring itself out, and they're winning games. They're in games, and we're ca- talking about maybe one or two plays, three plays, four plays, and maybe they're two and zero. Oh. 
-hmm. And but off of that, even two points I'm going to make. Number one, out of these six championships, two of which are thanks to Adam Vinatieri's foot. The other four are majorly thanks to defense. And the second point is last season when the Bucks played in Gillette Stadium, Mac Jones' stats were better than Tom Brady's stats at the game at the end of that game. So yeah, we're talking about Nick Folk, Nick Folk doink and a fumble by J.J. Taylor, and the Patriots maybe win that game. Right? Like I said, a couple of plays. And the offense is figuring itself out. I'm sorry, that run game I saw this Sunday looks pretty damn good. All right? So maybe Shady McCoy should get back in the boxing ring or go in there and box Le'Veon Bell. He likes to he likes to box retired running backs. Or maybe you can go box Bart Scott, and they can discuss in the Jake locker Paul. room how much they hate. Uh, Jake Paul, somebody. That seems to be the, the thing for washed-up running backs now to go box. So. Oh, wow. And that's what Sean McCoy should do. Shots fired. Oh, wow. That was fantastic. But before we continue, let's take a break and acknowledge some of our sponsors here. Sundays are a ritual in my house. One important part of that routine is drinking liquid IV. I love staying hydrated and liquid IV makes that so easy, especially when I have 12 hours of enjoying football ahead of me. There's so many delicious flavors. My personal favorite is passion fruit. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster than just water alone. Get 25% off and free shipping when you go to liquidiv.com and use code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at checkout. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com and remember to use the code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast or click the link in the bio. That being said, let's look back at a few games this week. First things first, Miami versus Baltimore. Jill, it seems like you hit the nail on the head with Miami. So what were your thoughts about what happened with Miami versus Baltimore? This to me was the most exciting game of week two, hands down. Uh, it was the game that I had my eyes glued to the entire game. I think Lamar is definitely going to get paid at the end of this season. My reason, my whole conspiracy is I think the Ravens didn't want to pay him initially because they said, we need to see you pass. You can't just run. And Lamar reports came out. He was going to do a lot of passing in this game, which goes with my conspiracy theory. Lamar's relationships he's having with his receivers are definitely building. It looked great. I loved watching this Ravens team. I loved it. And I'm just also going to hype up Lamar again. First player with 300 pass yards, three pass touchdowns, 100 rush yards, and a rush touchdown in the same game. Oh, wait, there's more. First player with a pass touchdown and a rush touch touchdown of 75-plus yards in the same game. Uh, Ravens were electric. I don't know what happened in the second half. I think they wanted to step back and be like, all right, we, we showed up, we did it. Uh, and then that's when the Dolphins turned up their Jets because, again, remember, we're two of six touchdown passes. Obviously, Jalen Waddle is becoming a favorite for him with two touchdowns in that game. I genuinely thought it was going to end at, the was it 35 and 38, uh, still taking my three and a half spread on the Dolphins. But nope, the Dolphins still came back, got that other touchdown, and took the W. Uh, best game of week two, hands down. Okay, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I have very little concern for the Ravens' offense. I mean, literally, they lost this game because of a few very costly errors. They let the game slip out of their hands. 
And like you said, Tua threw six touchdown passes, which was tied for a Miami record for a single game. So was Baltimore sloppy in the second half? Yes, but very sloppy. But I don't take that as concerns down the road in the season that they're not going to be able to get it going because, you know, they've definitely shown signs and we know what Lamar can do. What's that? Joe? I don't even want to talk about that game because <laughs> it was I, – I, so I, I watched the highlights of it, right? I didn't get a chance to actually watch the game. Um, I had some problems with my NFL Sunday ticket and some of the uh, <laughs> availability in my area, so I'm going to watch a lot of the games this week. Um, but I watched the highlights, and every single one of Tua's touchdowns he threw in the second half, there was not a Ravens player within seven yards of a Dolphins wide receiver who caught a pass. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Tua Tagovailoa finally blew up and he's this is his coming-of-age story and he's about to take the league by storm. <laughs> I think this game was we'll more see. about how a Ravens secondary completely blew all of their assignments for a second half to have a complete implosion of a defense. All right? And we were just talking about defensive masterminds. The Ravens have been the pinnacle of defensive intensity and execution since Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. And you know mm -hmm. what? I, Stephen A. Smith came out and said he would not be surprised if all three of those guys are at practice this week just beating <laughs> the ever-living crap out of that entire defense. And like, no, this is not how Eating the Ravens grass. play defense. Just literally putting the pads on and smacking them around because that is unacceptable. And I say it, it just the same thing happened to the Browns, to the Jets. Games you shouldn't mm -hmm. lose. And somehow, and I think what, the Jets came back in a minute and 45 seconds with no timeouts. 90 seconds, how does that yep. happen? Mm -hmm. How does that happen? You have a defensive collapse, all right? And I just, oh, God. And then the thing is, everybody's blowing up Tua, and I've seen so many Tua videos, and it's just like, I could have completed those passes. <laughs> he, they're so open. It was like playing backyard football, except for you're facing, like, third graders, and you're in, like, middle school. That's how open they were. And that's ridiculous. Okay. That's more of a Ravens collapse than anything about the Dolphins. I feel like the Dolphins, outside of like literally a complete entire second half collapse of one team and five bad plays in more week one, they're almost 0-2. <laughs> okay. Joe's fired up. I, I like it. So, Joe, the question I want to ask is, in your head, would it take Tua going and beating Buffalo this coming week for they're the not rhetoric? To, oh, I know they won't happen, but just change that rhetoric, like – What's going to change the, your mind on Tua, if you will? If they come out give and me, they... yeah, Go ahead, Jill. Give me Teddy Bridgewater on that offense. I want to see that more than anything. I know Tua's their quarterback, whatever. They have Teddy B on the sideline. Put him in the game. Let me see that electric offense. I'm with you there. I, li I like Teddy. I'm a big Teddy B fan. Uh, Jill and I had this conversation earlier in the week last week. We were talking about that offense and how Teddy B was like, I think he would do a better job than Tua. For me, if 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 they go out and beat Buffalo, it has to be because of Tua, not in spite of Tua. Okay. You know what I mean? It can't be because Josh Allen throws three picks, two of them for pick sixes, and has yeah. a fumble that's returned for a touchdown. That's the I defense agree. winning them the game. It has to be because of Tua. If Tua comes out and he has a similar game to what he had against Baltimore and they win that game, by all means. It's to a season. It's okay. to a season, 100%. But if he doesn't do that, I'm still not convinced. I don't think he had a good week one. I mean, it was mediocre outside of a busted coverage. Jalen Waddle touchdown. He what? They had The offense had six points. Mm -hmm. He threw for 212 yards. 
Like, that's nothing. And outside of an entire secondary collapse for the for the Baltimore Ravens, I don't I don't see it, man. I I I, I just don't see it. Okay, let's keep it going then, folks. Chargers and the Chiefs. Joe, what were your thoughts on what happened with uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs? I mean, Keenan Allen not playing. I thought the Chiefs were going to win that game, and they did. <laughs> you know, so I mean, Eckler. I, I'm still questioning their usage of, of Austin Eckler. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you got Xander Horvath, a Purdue rookie, who honestly he's not very quick, he's not very shifty, and he's getting red zone passing targets, which is normally Eckler's bread and butter. So you have a, a rookie Purdue Boilermaker. I'm pretty sure he's an undrafted rookie coming in there and stealing Austin Eckler's looks. So what is going on? Like you have one of the most dynamic pass pass catching backs in the league, a guy who outside of like one injury season was top three of running backs pretty much every year. And you're going to Xander Horvath. And you you have your number one wide receiver who's been the number one guy in your offense at the wide receiver position outside of a, a, a streaky Mike Williams on the injury report. And you still go to Xander Horvath. And you're like, oh, we lost to the Chiefs. I don't know how. I know how. You didn't employ Austin Eckler. Like, come on, how hard is that? And you're killing me in fantasy, man. Like, gee, please help a brother out. Man, God, I am fired up today. I can't help it. <laughs> Tom, what do you got for me? Yeah, I feel the same way about Eckler for a couple of my leagues. It was it was a little bit painful. Uh, yeah, I was a little concerned uh, for Justin Herbert, obviously. You had uh, center Corey Lindsley, uh, right tackle Trey Pimpkins, uh, both going down. And, man, the the Chiefs were really getting at him. They were really getting to him. He didn't have a lot of time. Um, and, hey, the Chiefs have a good pass rush, so I'm not trying to, to not acknowledge that. But it did make me wonder about that Chargers offensive line. And, man, he – he was looking bad with what happened with his ribs. So we'll see We'll see if that has an impact on Sunday. But honestly, I was surprised they left him out there because, man, it, it looked like just just reaching back to throw a pass was, was causing him pain. Yeah, big time. Jill? We're, so you guys are all talking about towards the end of the game, which I, I do hope that injury is not as severe. Uh, I'm going to look at that first and I would really even go the first three quarters of that game. The Chargers looked great. And if they can decide to start using Austin Eckler, I think that's hysterical. I just know so many people complaining about that for fantasy. He's my version of Kyle Pitts. Um, <laughs> so I get it. But I I loved the way the Chiefs, or the Chiefs, the Cardinal, the other C team, the Chargers, <laughs> looked. Um, I was very excited about them i think they are definitely taking the number one spot in the afc west and really i can't convince me otherwise oh oh getting blown out by the chiefs doesn't that was not a blowout they kept it within three i mean i'm with jill i'm with jill if if they get healthy right if the the chargers get healthy if if keenan allen comes back and mike williams shows up like he did against the chiefs and they they roll that offense out there they can keep up. I mean, outside, like literally, there are a little bit of Austin Eckler usage. Please, God, a little more Austin Eckler usage. And a Keenan Allen away from possibly winning that game because you can't tell me that Keenan Allen out there doesn't change the way they defend for the Chiefs. The Chiefs would defend that game totally different. And Keenan Wait, Allen is one of the best possession receivers that there is. But there's also the only reason why the Chiefs were able to come back 
is the fact that there was an interception by Herbert at the end of the game. The entirety of the rest of the game, the the Chargers were good. I I think they take the division. And let's talk about like a a feel-good story too. The guy who caught that interception, I don't know if you guys caught that. He uh, was like working like fast food and stuff like that or something something crazy like that yeah. undrafted guy got invited got an invite to training camp and now he's out there returning a pick six you know good like, for him exactly. like that is awesome like kudos to him and i did want to touch on i don't know if y'all caught it but after the game one of our co-hosts rob ripped justin herbert a new one called him <laughs> philip rivers 2.0 and all that oh yeah i saw that philip oh rivers <laughs> yeah so it, it's okay. it's one of those things of played with it I, I got I, got to pump the brakes there, right? Philip Rivers. He better to like get three, to making some kids too. Yeah, Philip Rivers went to three AFC Championship games, and if he doesn't run into Tom Brady and/or Peyton Manning, he's probably got at least one ring. All right, so let's pump the brakes on the Philip Rivers hate. Right. Sidearm right. slinger there, you know. It was that team. Every team he was on. I mean, you're talking that was a Junior Seau, with Danian Tomlinson, uh, Gates, Antonio Gates. Those were the teams, man, and they ran into the the you know that stellar defense the Patriots had or that dynamic offense the Colts had almost every year. So, so I don't, I, I will not take any Philip Rivers slander. Well, I just is won't. is this exactly? I think that's kind of his point. Is this exactly what's going to happen to Justin Herbert? Yeah, you have all the pieces. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. You have Austin Eckler. But they're going to run into Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs every single year. So. If, if he's not Philip Rivers 2.0, the Chiefs for majority <laughs> of the game. Oh, noises! Yeah, I'm I, with Jill on this. Final I mean, standings. If you you put a healthy Chargers team on the field uh, Thursday night, that's a W for the Chargers. I mean, I feel like they could probably go out and beat uh, Vegas too. That's just. They oh. will. They are well, beating. Let's Vegas. be real. The Raiders look like complete garbage right now. All right. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, they got McDaniel's this offensive guru." Patriots fans know how offensive guru he is. Third and seventeen screen draw play from the shotgun. You know, great things. And then you bring in Devonte Adams. Like, oh, he's got Devonte Adams. He's got Hunter Renfro. He's got uh, Darren Waller. Waller. And we're going to plug in Josh Jacobs. And then we're going to give him a passing back uh, in Brandon Bolden and let him go to town. And they're zero two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Let's I use agree. that as a perfect segue. The Chargers and the the Chargers, the Cardinals and the Raiders. Your you thoughts did it too. <laughs> oh gosh, Jill, it's rubbing off. Jill, your thoughts on the uh, Cardinals and the Raiders, please. Okay. Derek Carr and Kyler Murray both were very average in this game. There was nothing crazy out of either of their performance that I was like, oh my god, amazing. Now. I'm going to really point out, though, on the Cardinals side, I know everyone wants to give Kyler the hype and everything. That was a defensive game for that Cardinals, for the Cardinals. J.J. Watt was alive. He had three pressures and 29 snaps. Byron Murphy capped off that incredible comeback with the 59-yard fumble return. I mean, I'm going with the defense on the Cardinals here. And for the Raiders, we were... You know, just saying, I, I really don't understand how they're two or oh and two. I would have expected them to be one and one. But, you know, uh, side note on this has anyone not learned after, funny, we were talking about it earlier, the Falcons, Patriots, Super Bowl to not be celebrating on the sidelines early because 
what follows typically is a comeback. Uh, and that is exactly what we saw when people are popping champagne bottles on the sideline. So um, for future reference, don't celebrate till that final whistle is called. When I saw oh, that, I, I, I love that video. Like I, oh, know. laughing so hard. Oh, I was oh my cackling. God. I can still picture it. I can picture it. People did like cuts, cut things. They're like, oh, Raiders are popping balls and like just cuts to, to the cut the final score. You're just like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see that guy who was just spraying it all. Oh, he I was getting all, all over. Living his best life for probably a, a solid 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how did they get Magnums in the state? Like, did they have to buy those there? And how expensive was It's that? Vegas. It's probably bottle service if you buy field level passes. It wouldn't I'm surprise saying. me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Joel, you'll be there, so you tell oh, us. Oh, yeah. I will be there in December for the Patriots Raiders game. I will not be sitting field level. Those tickets are outrageously expensive. I am not that rich. I had to pay. I'm sitting in the nosebleeds. <laughs> Tom, what were your thoughts about the game? So I disagree a little bit. So I agree for the vast majority of the game. There wasn't much to be impressed with of either Kyler Murray or Derek Carr. But what makes people like Kyler Murray so special is what they can do in those last five minutes. And man, I, I, I can't remember if it was second or third down. That play where they had him sacked. Uh, in the red zone on that last drive, like five times. <laughs> and he just Are you talking kept... about the scramble? Yeah. He just... That was a two-point oh, yeah, conversion. The... That was a two-point conversion. It was a two-point conversion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All I remember is just images in my mind of him just just squirming out and, and around. So it's stuff like that that shows just how amazing Kyler Murray is. If he can learn to, you know... Uh, kind of tighten things up earlier in the game and not put himself in those situations. So I would say that there was a little bit of exceptional play on that. Uh, a couple quick things. I feel so bad for Hunter Renfro. Back-to-back fumbles. He's a great player. I don't know what the heck happened, but I don't know how you fumble it twice. So I, he's he's having a tough week. Didn't it come uh, out that he was concussed? He got smoked on that last one. Yeah. He got smoked. Yeah. I, would yeah. Be surp- I wouldn't be surprised. I mean... I would have been seeing stars after that hit, man. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, and then one other little thing. Uh, what? First of all, what a chaotic game in the last five minutes in overtime. And then I love how it ends. It's under review because Byron Murphy <laughs> takes the ball to the end zone and he almost drops it and fumbles it into the end zone. Like, <laughs> what I- kind of... Uh, what kind of a I, crazy twist that, of course, it happened in this game that even on the walk-away game-winning touchdown, it has to be under review. Oh, gosh. The worst part is, is that I've seen angles of that of that drop ball. He is not across the goal line. Like, no. I, 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 it is, it, there are angles where it looks like he dropped that ball early and it should have been a touchback and they should have kept playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no joke. It was that close. But, I mean... I, so Jill brought up a thing about uh, Lamar Jackson earlier. I'm going to bring up a thing about Kyler Murray because we want to talk about the the first person to do something in the game. Kyler Murray is the first player to run for a touchdown, throw for a touchdown, run for a two-point conversion, and throw for a two-point conversion in the same game. <laughs> That's a crazy stat. That is a crazy stat. So, I mean, Kyler Murray got paid because they, they like what he can do with the ball in his hands. And we've got to remember, the offense wasn't that great. Well, there's no DeAndre Hopkins out there. Rondale Moore's on the shelf, and we're relying on Dorch 
who did get a touchdown. I did call that one. He did get a touchdown. So, you know, yay me. But that's what they're relying on right now. And James Connors got an ankle injury, so he's limping along, you know. Shocking. And, right? So, I mean, their their offense is kind of looking a little bit like the Bucks' offense. It's like you got a bunch <laughs> of no-name guys out there, and then you got, uh, was it Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown? And that's it. And it's just Kyler Murray. So, I mean, to say that the, the, the Cardinals' offense is being carried by the defense right now, it's a factual statement because they are. There's the, the people that you need out there to be healthy, to be dominating the game for you, are either suspended for PED use or hurt. And so, I mean, that's where you're at right now. But Kyler Murray earned his money in that game. Big time. But let's get into predictions. So, first game here, we've got the Steelers and the Browns. Joe, who you got? I mean, I just talked about how the Steelers' defense is, is great and, you know, they don't have T.J. Watt and how I expect the Browns to run all over them and everything like that. I'm still going with the Browns. I think the Browns are, are going to be able to win this game. Uh, they shouldn't have lost to the Jets. You know, you're talking about some bad plays there. They're obviously upset about that. I think they come out and they think they beat the Steelers here. I see it. Jill? Uh, I actually picked the Steelers, and the only reason being is it's an AFC North matchup, and that is a division that is petty like no other. Uh, so I think the Steelers try a lot harder than they necessarily did against the Patriots. Okay. Tom? Uh, for the same thing I really just mentioned, I don't trust the Steelers' defense without TJ Watt. And honestly, I think – if the Patriots can beat them 17 to 14, the Browns can too. And really the Browns were beating the Jets by two touchdowns until they decided to fall apart at the end of the game. So I, I'm kind of worried about the Steelers defense against the Browns, against the Browns. Yeah. It's a team of uh, a team. This is a game of just teams. I don't think anyone trusts period. Exactly. I'll put it this way for the fact that I want to keep my undefeated record in fantasy going Joe, I would, I'm going to go with the Browns. So let's keep it going. Buffalo and the Dolphins. Jill, who do you got? I think unanimously everyone is taking the Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? They have, they've had one punt this year, and it was muffed by Tennessee, and they promptly recovered yeah. it and scored a touchdown. It was the so, first punt. Yeah. I think no, it wasn't even the first punt of this year. It was the first punt in the last six games if i remember yeah. correctly yeah because they didn't punt against against the chiefs they didn't punt against the patriots <laughs> so i mean and yeah so they haven't punted the foot it was first punt and they promptly recovered the muff punt and then scored a touchdown so even when they're punting they're scoring touchdowns <laughs> well actually jill uh -oh. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I was, was going to say. say you, I was excited. I wanted emotions. to hear this. Actually, I would no. love to have heard your explanation for going for Miami. That would be a tough <laughs> one. I, I'm at this point, unless Josh Allen gets injured, I don't think I'm picking against the Bills once this year. Oh, no. I agree. I, I agree. It's going to pain me, but yeah, there's going to yeah. be two games where it's going to pain me to pick the Bills. Yep. But <laughs> Yeah, it'll be hard, but we'll get through it. The Bengals and the Jets. Every, I feel like I'm gonna go for the Bengals. What's that, Joe? What's what say you? Honestly, the Bengals don't look like they can buy a victory. All right. I mean, they they what is it? They just had the Cowboys, and the Cowboys mm -hmm. beat them without Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush isn't bad though. I I yeah. want to put that out there. So so I mean, but if Joe Flacco is still out there slinging the ball like he was last weekend, who's to say that the Jets don't send him home 0 and 3? I mean. Is it in Cincinnati or is it in New York? 
Or New Jersey, I guess. They're not the New York Jets. They're New Jersey Jets. Um, I'd have to take a... I, I'm not sure offhand here. I'm, I'd have to look. I think I picked Cincinnati. I, I, I'm still going to go Cincinnati. I want to pick the Jets, though. I really want to pick the Jets. Jill? I'm picking Cincinnati. I... Uh... This is a tough game because just like Joe was kind of having that internal back and forth crisis, it could go either way. I would not be surprised to see the Jets win if they did. Uh, but I think if you're going to make me choose one, I would pick the Bengals. Okay. Tom? Yeah, if, if there's one team I'm not going to overreact about, it's the Jets. All right. They got smoked. <laughs> they got smoked by the Browns. The only reason. The only reason they won was extreme luck on about three plays in a row, including an onside kick. So, yeah, good good for them. They have a win on the... I heard an, an analyst saying that it was that the Bills would be first and it was a three-way fight for second in the AFC East. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. It's the Jets, okay? And Joe Flacco was 26 of 44. So, yes, he had four touchdowns. Yes, he had flashes of his old self. But, I mean, this isn't this isn't like some now kind of crazy the Garrett crazy Wilson, comeback. Corey Davis hype, man. Right, right. <laughs> here's the other thing I'll say. Uh, the Bengals, despite all their just terrible mistakes of the first two weeks, there's no way they go to 0-3. There's just no way. This, I... this team's hungry. It has the pieces on both sides of the ball. They'll figure it out, especially, I mean, if there's any team to figure it out against, it's it's the Jets. I agree. I agree. The Raiders of the Titans, after that, beating the Titans took. Joe, <laughs> where do you go? I feel like it's the Browns game again. Like, you're asking about Browns or Jets, Bengals, Browns, Pittsburgh, you know? Oh, both the teams look like garbage, you know? <laughs> I don't know. The Raiders, I hope this, this is the game that I think the Raiders win. Mm-hmm. I just, the Titans, they're not the Titans anymore. Traylon Burks is not A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is the only portion of that offense that's doing anything. So they're loading the box against him. And we just, what, the Giants in week one that hit on Derrick Henry, he looks human. He got smoked. And you don't usually see Derrick Henry getting smoked. He usually is smoking people. So I think that it's the Raiders' first win of the year and the Titans go to 0-3. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Jaguars, after this week, are still the only team with a win in that division. Mm-hmm. Jill? Uh, so you nailed it perfectly. This is a game that's like, are we kidding? Um, I'm going to pick the Raiders because I just really absolutely do not trust the Titans that Monday Night Football was piss poor. That was piss poor. Um, only thing I'm going to say on this, and I doubt he's listening, but Derek Henry, I need more than... 14 yards for fantasy. So keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, Tom. So Derek Carr, or Derek Carr, Derek Henry, now that you're listening, I would also <laughs> like to say something to you. <laughs> Thank you very much, because I did not think I was going to beat Joe this week. And, yeah, <laughs> I guess I should I should thank uh, the defensive line. Um, but, yeah, he, he really did uh, – he really did look human, like like you said, and just not his old self. And granted, it was incredible defensive line play, but I'm maybe a little higher on the Raiders than than y'all are. I think they have the pieces um, to get to an average season like they do every year. I can see them going eight and nine, you know, 
And to go eight and nine, you pull out wins against not very good teams. And I think they're gonna they're gonna figure out a game against the Titans. Now I'm also maybe not quite as low on the Titans. I think they are also gonna pull it together and yeah, maybe also be an eight and nine kind of team. <laughs> There's really not a lot not a lot of excitement here. Yeah, the sad part is eight and nine might just be good enough to win the AFC South. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Jaguars. Yeah, the yeah. Jags are the only team that looks good. <laughs> right. Let me ask y'all, how long till Tannehill gets benched? He was. Not this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Like, let's I mean, be real. It's already happened. True. <laughs> I mean, true. Honestly, if they go 0 3 and that off and that passing offense isn't doing anything and they're not getting anything generated, it would not surprise me if Mike Vrabel threw Tannehill on the bench and was like, was it Malik Willis? Yeah. Yeah. Who Malik Liberty. wasn't that great really to be fair. Well, he hasn't got any first team snaps. But it was also the Bills, so yeah. very difficult team to He looked good. He looked good in preseason. Right. There's I mean, build off with him. I mean, yeah, Tannehill's time is, is, is his seat is hot. You want to talk about hot seats, that seat is is starting to get a little toasty. But I think he'll hold it as long as Mike Brabel thinks that they're still a contender. So maybe maybe second half of the season, but like you said, the AFC South is abysmal. So the Titans, even if they have a bad year, are probably in contention until the last few weeks. So <laughs> I, I don't see Tannehill getting benched because as you know, as awesome of a future as I think Malik Willis could have, um, I don't watch a lot of college ball, but he is actually a player that I've watched a, a bit in college. And he's not ready. He's not ready. No. So un- until they're rebuilding, which might not even happen this year, they might be in it till the end. Uh, I think Tannehill is going to play. I can see that. All right. Saints and Panthers. Joe? <laughs> what are these who, games? Who, who made the schedule? This schedule? <laughs> who made this schedule? I mean, the Saints are running out like like Alabama's second string wide receivers because they're not needed this week, you know, and, and uh, Jameis Winston's got more cracks in his back than, than a sidewalk <laughs> in downtown Atlanta. So let's he had see LASIK real. surgery, though. Yeah, he can see really well. He can't yeah. bend over to pick up a football, but he can see super well. And then you got the Panthers, who were literally like, oh, what mediocre quarterback can I throw in this offense to underperform? No, oh, it's Baker Mayfield this year. <laughs> Matt Rule's gone. Matt Rule is gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How is he still done. here? I don't <laughs> know, but he's definitely gone. And <laughs> if he some... isn't, they're dumber than the Broncos bringing on Hackett. He's got some dirt on somebody at this point. Has to. Golly. I mean, like, if, if I, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going with the Panthers. I, I whoa. Think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a day. It's the only, it's, I, that's the only thing I Until he breaks a bone. Well, you, you know, that would just be par for the skin. course for this entire season with or this entire week of games because every single game feels like it's going to be painful. <laughs> so far. So <laughs> Uh, I'm taking the Saints only reason being um, I there's not an ounce of me that has any faith in Baker and Matt Rule but also not to mention the fact that when they were playing the Bucks, granted it is not a good Bucks team they did have moments where they looked decent I cannot say that about the Panthers oh, here here Tom yeah for me I mean both teams need so much work it really came down to yeah I think Christian McCaffrey can make stuff happen and there's questions about Alvin Kamara if he'll even be able to play. He missed week two. So if he misses week three, 
you know, that that's going to be a big loss, and I think that missing Alvin Kamara could be kind of that. Even even if he does play and isn't all the way there, that's uh, it's it's a toss up. I agree. Okay, Ravens and the Patriots. We'll speed this one since we touched on it. Really, Joe. Uh, I'm taking Ravens. We're looking for another. <laughs> there was a long silence there. <laughs> I'm taking the Ravens. Oh, are you now? Okay. I am. This makes me want to burn this motherfucker down. Come on, Boogie, let's burn this motherfucker down! Come on, Boogie! She's confident, too. I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. Joe, I know you're going Patriots. Tom? I'm going to have to pick against the Patriots this year, but it's not going to be... It's not going to be today because of how terrible, just like Joe was talking about, just how terrible that Baltimore secondary looked. Abysmal. So I, I can't pick Baltimore this week. I don't care who they're playing. Oh, gosh. Jill, you're going to be in for it when Rob edits this. I know. He's going <laughs> to put, like, a dunce hat. I'm, not, I'm literally – I might not even watch the rest of this video. I'm just going to go to this section and rewatch this part over and over again to see what Rob does. I mean, this is what happens. Here. For the damages. All right, Lions and Vikings. With that being said, Joe, what you got for me? Okay, so half of me wants to believe that Monday night and Kirk Cousins just doesn't get along, and he's going to go back to being himself, and Justin Jefferson is going to get you know three touchdowns and and 200 yards this game. And the other part of me is like Jared Goff and that Lions offense is tossing up points. I mean, they threw up a lot of points against the Eagles, who just pretty much demolished the Vikings, mm-hmm. right? So who's to say that the Lions don't come out and uh, do the same thing to the Vikings? That being said, I'm going to choose the Vikings, and I'm going to hate myself if they lose. Jill? I'm going Lions. Uh, give me the Lions all the way. I love this young team. Uh, just I'm going to take Dan Campbell's word. They got grit, and they are showing it. I love them. I think they... I think the Vikings keep it close, but I think I could see it being a field goal game. Okay, perfect. Tom? Yeah, uh, I agree. Week two was hard to watch. Cousins literally, he threw the ball up for grabs uh, at the end there like three times before it was finally... a sleigh wearing an Eagles jersey? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was sloppy, but I still believe in the Vikings. I still believe in the Vikings, and I've said Bills versus Vikings for the Super Bowl, and I'm not going to let one ugly, sloppy week change that. You know, they still have Justin Jefferson. They still have Dalvin Cook. So, uh, yeah, the Lions are the real deal this year. It's crazy. They're the real deal, but I'm picking the Vikings. Okay, perfect. I I got to go Lions here, man. I don't trust Kirk Cousins after what happened last week. No, sorry, Bob. I Good news is we're probably not buying them jerseys, though, huh, for uh, that MVP, uh, bold prediction, Kirk Cousins MVP. So no, nah, give it uh, time. Extra money. Oh, it money. Not that I don't trust the Vikings. I trust every other component of the Vikings. What Kirk Cousins is showing up to lead those other components of the Vikings. See, that's a great, that's a great way of putting it, Jill. It's like he's so... 
here today, gone tomorrow type of, type of a quarterback. But let's. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Ryan he's Ryan Fitzpatrick with a better with a better paycheck. I mean, yes. let's be real. He, he'll show up, throw five touchdowns for four, almost 500 yards, no picks, and they'll blow someone out, and then he'll have a three hundred, three or four interception game. And it's literally, uh, do I like that or do I not like that, Kirk? I don't know anymore. <laughs> he's, I saw a stat. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh that's funny. I like that. <laughs> I saw something on Instagram that he's 2-10 and 10 in Monday Night Football. And he won twice? Two, he's won yeah, twice. Bears. And it was against the Bears. So he's against the Bears. Beat the Bears on Monday that's, that's Night Football. Like Wait, Brandon, Brandon takes offense to that. Brandon is a big a Bears guy. I mean, listen, hold on. <laughs> I picked the Bears week one, and all y'all thought I was crazy. So, that was when we thought Trey Lance was going to be something spectacular, and now we found out he's made of glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to say. Just, yeah. <laughs> so let's keep it going, though. Eagles and Commanders. Tom, what do you got for me? Mm, one second here. I'm pulling up my notes. You okay. Be I got game. something for but, you. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut it out. Yeah, I, I, I can. I'll, I'll go ahead here, and I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, the Eagles are gonna win this game. Uh, I believe the Commanders just lost to the Lions, and uh, outside of like, Kirk or Carson Wentz, we it's Carson Wentz is Kirk Cousins, which is it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Carson Wentz. It's Carson Wentz is Ryan Fitzpatrick is Kirk Cousins. I think they're all the same guy. They're just different cloning versions. They've altered like a little bit of the appearance for because they all do the same thing. They'll have a great week like four touchdowns, 400 yards, they'll win a game that, you know, you didn't see him winning. And they come out the next week and you're just like, what is this? It's like the worst Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde that I've ever seen in my life with all three. It's like, it's, it's terrible. And that is why I'm picking the Eagles. Perfect, perfect. Jill? <laughs> so funny enough, week one, I thought Carson Wentz was going to do terrible. He showed up and he exactly like, Joe was saying, great game. Week two, I picked him to throw an interception, and people told me I was crazy that Carson Wentz is this, that, and the other. Guess who threw an interception, and guess who made $120? Me. <laughs> so, um, it's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz against a vastly improved Eagles team that he used to play for. I'm taking Eagles. And, wait, and also, we're NFC East. Like, divi- like there's so many factors that go into this. Eagles are going to just annihilate them i'm right there with you tom you're so joe what you were mentioning with the quarterbacks it motivated me to look up because i was just trying to think how many quarterbacks there have been since kirk cousin left (laughs) alex smith josh johnson colt mccoy mark sanchez dwayne haskins kyle allen ryan fitzpatrick taylor heineke and garrett gilbert and now carson Wentz. (laughs) that was in five years Really quickly on that, this was also back in the day. So Alex Smith was traded to, at the time, was the Redskins. And then Kirk went to the Vikings, and the Vikings sent Case Keenum to Denver. Those three guys are the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, Big time. The best part is Washington literally franchise tag Kirk Cousins for like three years and paid that man like almost $30 million a year for him to be mediocre. Like I would pay me a million dollars. I will be as mediocre as you want me to be. I swear. I swear Ooh. I will. I will throw so many interceptions and an occasional touchdown and I'll scream in the hallway <laughs> and the in the player tunnel just like he did. The I, perfect I, recipe. I, yeah. I can see Joe now. 
throws one touchdown, like 15 interceptions. You like that? Don't look at the interceptions. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> what would be so. your like touchdown dance? Because you know how they always flashed them and they're doing something stupid. I'd probably go old school, you know, the sprinkler. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the bus. But anyway, Tom. Oh, so commanders yeah. are eagles. <laughs> It's an easy one for me. I, I really love what I'm seeing from the Eagles. Um, A.J. Brown, I think, was that piece. You know, last year we looked at this team and they showed so many flashes last year, but it just it didn't quite come together. And I think A.J. Brown, I thought they gave a, a lot for him to bring him in, but they were right. Howie Roseman was right. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have been making fun of Howie Roseman for the last, you know. Uh, right. 23 right. years or however long he's been around in it's some capacity with the Eagles. It's paying off now. Let's look at the Chiefs and the Colts. So help me if y'all pick the Colts. Unanimous. So it, it, it's, it's, it's the Chiefs. And it will always be the Chiefs. And after that shellacking that the Jaguars gave the Colts, it might be time to start uh, anyone but Matt Ryan. And maybe Michael Pittman coming back gives them a, a little extra juice, but that team looks god-awful. Big time. Big time. It, it, it's wild. It seems like the Colts, they just quarterback, quarterback away, quarterback away. Now you go from Wentz to Matt Ryan and just get worse. It's insane to me. But Yeah, who would have thought that statement would ever come out of your mouth? Right! <laughs> I went Wentz to Matt Ryan and we got worse. I don't know what happened. Right. All right. Texans and the Bears. What do you got for me, Thomas? So this is actually, it's a similar situation to the Eagles where I'm kind of starting to believe in the Bears just a little bit. Just a little, little bit. They're starting to show some signs. These are two not very good teams, but <sighs> the Bears are showing just enough on offense. That I think they'll figure it out. They're, they're, they're on an upward trajectory. Okay. Jill? Give me the long neck legend Davis Mills. I don't know why my immediate gut reaction. I love the Texans in this game. Okay. Joe? Damian Pierce gets his 100-yard game this week. He's going to score two touchdowns. The Texans are going to win this game. Joe agrees. Okay. <laughs> Damian Pierce, fourth-round okay. rookie. Fourth-round rookie. He's <laughs> going to finally take over that lead rollback. They're going to give him the carries, and he's going to show up. Jaguars and the Colts. Jill, I'll let you start. Who do you have? Well, that's last week. Wait. Jaguars I have and the, Jaguars. Jaguars. And the Jaguars. Jaguars and the Chargers. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> well, bold, bold selection there. Jill, why don't you tell us where the Jaguars are going to beat the Colts? <laughs> oh, they already did. Um, but uh, for the Chargers, if that's who the Jaguars are facing, which I think they are, yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Chargers. I'm way too high on the Chargers. I'm... Jaguars, I've said this once, I'll say it again, I'll say it a hundred times. I picked them to be a sleeper team. Obviously, they're already starting to prove that throughout that AFC South division. Um, but I don't trust them against the uh, Chargers. Okay. Thomas? Yeah, I'm also going with the Chargers. I have a lot of optimism for Jacksonville. Uh, Man, finally they did something right in hiring Doug Peterson. Uh, the moment that it was announced they hired him, I was happy about that. But, you know, it is still a stacked Chargers team. And here's the thing. 
even if Keenan Allen isn't back, and even if Justin Herb if Justin Herbert isn't back, I'm still picking the Chargers over Jacksonville. I still think Chase Daniel can with those pieces on offense figure it out. You know, Jacksonville's gonna make little mistakes and it's gonna cost him. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Joe? So, if Justin Herbert doesn't play, I actually like Jacksonville more because I don't trust Chase Daniels, just like I don't trust Carson Wentz, just like I don't, I'm having feelings about Kirk Cousins and I think Matt Ryan's washed. I think the Jaguars prove they have a decent defense. I mean, there are some weapons, like they, they slowed down Jonathan Taylor, all right? Like, they can they have a defense to match up they have some pass rushers to match up if there is a not quality quarterback it doesn't matter what the weapons are like i i believe that wholeheartedly i think that that's gonna be the case and i think if justin herbert does play in what capacity does he play in how good is he is he getting the first team snaps this week is he not i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna go dark horse i'm gonna take him jazz i'll I'll, i'm gonna do it why not i'll throw my hat in the ring for that one okay (laughs) I gotta go Jags too. I feel like this is my upset of the week. I really just divided. Yeah. See what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Rams and the Cardinals here. Joe, where do you go? Okay. So, <laughs> for the Rams supposed to be having this amazing defense, how did Atlanta come a spectacular Jalen Ramsey interception away? from losing that game. Like, like Atlanta was this close. Literally. Like, maybe that close. <laughs> they didn't use game. Kyle Pitts. It, it, yeah, Sorry. that too. But, I mean, if, if Marcus Mariota just doesn't overthrow that football, because essentially what it was, he threw it too high, that's a touchdown for Atlanta. They're leading that game with, like, what, a minute left? Who's to say they don't win that game? So, I, I think that Arizona doesn't have the weapons. But... I just feel I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay. Joe? I have to commend Joe for how methodical he gets into these thoughts with picking teams. I think it's great. Um, But on a side note, as I did scream out earlier, who is picking these games? (sighs) I get it that they're divisional opponents, but like, I still don't care to see this game. I'm picking the Rams and Part of that is because I made a bet earlier on the season that the Rams win the NFC West. So I just got to stick with my guns on that one. Okay. Thomas? Thomas? I see both of these teams as off to a slow start, but they both have the pieces. They're tough. Uh, Both of them had sloppy, very sloppy wins. The two sloppiest wins of week two, probably. But they did win, and they're well coached, and they have good players so I kind of see it as a toss-up but I'm at the end of the day going to give it to the Cardinals just because frankly I'm a little concerned about Matthew Stafford and some of the decision making Uh that he's had in the first couple weeks which is strange of a veteran quarterback coming off a Super Bowl but maybe he's having a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover because there's just been some bad decisions I definitely would agree there let's look at another interesting one Packers and the Buccaneers Hmm. Joe, where do you go? One team has wide receivers who can't catch a ball. The other team has wide receivers who will not catch a ball because they're injured or suspended. So, <laughs> um, 
I, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go uh, the Packers here. Um, I, I didn't think that Mike Evans suspension would get upheld. If it hadn't got upheld, I'd probably would have went bucks, but Tom Brady looks out of sorts. He's got no one to throw to Cole Beasley's probably starting week th- in, as a, as a wide receiver three in that offense. Leonard Fournette is, is literally dragging half of half of his body behind him. I, I just think that this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' game to win, and I think he goes out and does it. I agree. Joe? Uh, Joe did a great job of explaining that, and I'm just going to leave it as go, pack, go. Thomas? Yeah, uh, we're all on the same page here. It's, it's tight, but you have Alan Lazard is back. Mike Evans is out. Uh, the Green Bay won 27 to 10 last week. So I'm concerned about Green Bay, but I'm more concerned about Tampa Bay. So Packers. Okay. Oh, boy. Falcons and the Seahawks. Falcons. Joe? Falcons. Joe? Uh, this was one that I went back and forth and back and forth on. I did end up picking the Falcons, but I would not be surprised to see the Seahawks either keep it extremely close or even pull out a win. Okay. Okay. Thomas? Yeah, on the same boat, I think it could go either way, but I just have to look at the Seahawks lost 27 to 7. They weren't even competitive with the 49ers, and it's not like the 49ers are this exceptional football team. So I can't don't give believe it to in Jimmy G? Can you <laughs> no, believe I don't, in Jimmy I don't. G? I do believe in Jimmy G and I will say this that and listen on a personal level we're always sorry about it we never want anyone to be hurt and you know hope he recovers soon but on a football level the 49ers are better now that Jimmy Garoppolo is their starter hands down the game changed completely as soon as he came in Trey Lance being out of the game and, and Jimmy Garoppolo and makes them a better team but, but that's not related to Atlanta, Seattle. Honestly, it's a toss-up of two below-average teams. I just I like Mar- Marcus Mariota. Got to root for him. So, picking Atlanta. Okay. All right. 49ers and the Broncos. Oh, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy G. It's Jimmy G season, man. I mean, that team turned that, – that ownership, that coach, that GM, they all turned their back on him. And you know what? It's his revenge tour. Jimmy G is going to come out, and I think he's going to show the Broncos who they need to sign next offseason because uh, it's sure they gave way too much money to Russell Wilson because he looks terrible. I'm not – I don't blame Russell Wilson for that because I, I don't know if you saw the video that came out of – him on the sidelines screaming at the coordinators, you need to tell them this, you need to tell them this. Um, I, I did retweet it on Twitter, but I think I've tweeted so much since then, so it's way bogged down, but it was an insane video. I'm not putting in, I'm giving blame to Russell, but I'm not giving him the full blame. Uh, obviously that is uh, whatever his name is, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he should be hacked in my opinion, but uh, for this one, 49ers. Thomas? Yeah, and it goes back to what I was saying before. I don't know why why the heck you draft a quarterback in the first round after coming off of Jimmy Garoppolo bringing them to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. at this point, the 49ers do not deserve Jimmy Garoppolo. So good for them 
They have him for the rest of this year. He's gonna he's gonna beat some bad teams. I'm not saying San Francisco's even going to the playoffs. They might squeak out a wild card, but the Broncos have so many problems. Russell Wilson is not getting into the rhythm yet. And uh, man, I just I can't wait. I can't wait for the 49ers to be begging Jimmy G to come back and he just says, sorry. Bye. I love the clause in his contract that for every game that he plays 20% of the game or more, he gets an additional $250,000 per game and every win he gets a hundred grand. So all of the wins that they're going to start racking up, their wallets are going to have to come out. And I, I just want to say something real quick. We were talking about how bad Kirk Cousins is and how you can't trust him. How would you like to see Kirk or uh, Jimmy G go to the Vikings in the off season next year with Justin Jefferson this is a conversation for a different day, but I am a lot higher on Kirk Cousins than y'all. If you look at his stats and what he's been able to do in the last decade, like he has consistently been a top 10 quarterback, statistically speaking. No, I I, I'm not, not low on Kirk Cousins at all. Yeah. He just has, he, he's one of those people that the more lows he does, it's more talked about than the more highs that yeah. he does. So that is that narrative for him. But on the aspect of Jimmy G, Jimmy G to me and Kirk Cousins are relatively a lot of the same guy. I don't trust Jimmy G in every single scenario and every single game. I trust him more than I trust Trey Lance, but I wouldn't still go up there and be like, yeah. Kirk Cousins is Mike Vanderjack. Now, you, you young people may not know who Mike Vanderjack is. But Mike Vanderjack was a, had the highest field goal percentage in the regular season. But when it came to crunch time, he would shank a 15-yarder wide right. And I mean, like, he would hit some poor old lady on the sideline wide right. All right? That is what Kirk Cousins is. He is a stat sheet stuffer who does not show up in big, high-profile games. That's why he doesn't win playoff games. That's why he doesn't go to NFC championships, and that's why he'll never go to a Super Bowl. I feel Whereas bad Jimmy for G Rob been? having to edit this because I feel like there's so <laughs> many so just scattered. great moments and oh, bloopers. Really yeah. Oh, he's going to have a field day with this. Uh, he's, yeah. He called me a second ago, but let's finish this out with the Cowboys and the Giants. 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 Give me the G-Men with an ugly win. That's how they love to win. Oh, yeah. Brian Dabble Dabble train, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. 21 to 20 over Tennessee, 19 to 16 over Carolina. And they were both ugly wins. Ugly. Give me the ugly wins. That's Giants football. Giants Mm -hmm. football. We love ugly wins. That should be there. With that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast. We're coming at you with a separate video. Gave you our predictions for the next week. Remember, we're on Spotify. Give us a listen. We're on your so- all your social medias. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. With that being said, this has been the House Call Podcast, and we're signing off. Pittsburgh plus four, just because I can't see Cleveland beating this team more than four points after they just got smoked. I shouldn't say smoked by the Jets, but the Jets can't.